It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings. How about this offer, by the way? Bet a dollar on any college football game, you get $200 in free bets. Ridiculous. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Yes, I will be on the call tomorrow night for the Eagles and the Steelers on television. I think they re-air it a bunch of times, including tomorrow night, 11 p.m. Eastern time on NFL Network. For those of you that want to check out your boy, at Ross Tucker NFL on social, at Ross Tucker Pod. Those of you that go the extra mile in any way to help the show, boy, we love you. Especially those of you who enter and win to be in the August best ball. We're just about done with the July best ball. I've got three more August best ball contestants. Jim Walsh, who signed up for fantasypoints.com using the glorious code 21 feast. Austin Bartley who signed up for Crocs, that NBA draft free-to-play Crocs game. And then Mike DiPolo, who has Bombas socks. Bombas socks. I haven't even talked about Bombas socks in a while, and a bunch of you are doing it. I am naming the last three August best ball folks next week. So go ahead, take advantage of any of the sponsors at RossTucker.com. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. And you might be one of the three final August DraftKings best ball dudes or dudettes. And remember, fantrax.com slash Ross. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Ross. If you go ahead and you sign up for that, a free account, which is fully customizable, and send it to me, you got a great chance to get in the season-long league with Joe and I, which I absolutely can't wait for. Speaking of Joe, it is the great Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on social media. He's the fantasy gangsta, which is why he's at FG underscore Dolan. Not really, but I just like saying that. It humors me, and it gives Joe, he just has a little smirk, a little smirk on Joe's face there. Uh, 21 Feast, Joe is the master of all he oversees at Fantasy Points. Joe, we're going to have a lot of guys, every guy, almost every guy is going to play this weekend. We're going to like, I feel like we're going to start, especially with the young guys, I think we're going to start to like open up our presence and actually see what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. Um, the preseason, I think, is when people are going to realize that, oh, crap, this year is going to be kind of normal-ish for fantasy football. Um, obviously, Ross, we're, we're seeing an increased interest in the podcast, an increased interest in the subscriptions for the website, 21 uh, feast, by the way, uh, that'll get you a, a discount at fantasypoints.com. And it's it's it, it's going to be great to see some of these rookies who have been making uh, camp noise to get out there and see them. I don't know how many teams are going to be playing starters for a long time. I, it seems to, to, to feel like that's kind of going by the wayside a little bit. Teams playing their starters quite a bit. But it's going to give us a better look at some of these younger guys, and some of whom we, we talked about on the running back tiers, and some of whom we'll talk about today on the wide receiver tiers. Wide receiver tiers, it is. Love the wide receiver tiers. Very interesting tier one. I, there's a name in there I, that surprised me. 
We'll get to momentarily after you hear the greatest song in the history of fantasy football podcasts. Drafting Zeke. If I'm following Joe Dolan, I'm at the turn. Two picks to burn, but I know I won't go wrong with tears of Joe. All right, Joe, let's dive into it. Thank you, as always, to Scott Sheriff, part of Carrie Underwood's band and a diehard Fantasy Feast listener. All right, so for the elite category, you got Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. Which one of those three do you think surprises me, Joe? Uh, Tyreek Hill? Yes. Okay. I, I, I guess I did not realize Tyreek Hill... I mean, I know how fast he is, how good he is. I guess I didn't realize he was elite, one of the three best fantasy receivers in the league. You might have just heard uh, a higher power was apparently pissed at you, Ross, for saying that uh, that uh, Tyreek Hill is, uh, is is somebody that surprises you for being so high. I don't know if it has been apocalyptic here in South Carolina today. No, look, when you look at Tyreek Hill, he's got a massively high ceiling. We know that. But his floor is also way higher than people think, uh, posting a, a, a ton of games as a wide receiver one over the last couple of years. And here's the other thing. With Kansas City, you look at this passing offense when, when it comes to Kansas City, and you're like, man, they mix it around. They go everywhere. What's kind of funny about Kansas City is they actually kind of just filter their targets really to two guys. It's Hill and it's Travis Kelsey. They'll run the ball a little bit. You know, Mahomes will have some of those secondary receivers who will pop off a week here and a week there. But, no, uh, Tyreek Hill is more consistent than you think. Um he was before Devontae Adams returned to the uh to the uh, well excuse me before um uh, uh Aaron Rodgers returned to the Green Bay Packers Tyreek Hill was consistently going as the number one fantasy receiver in best ball I still think you can make an argument for him to go as the number one uh, receiver in best ball I think there's some who will still take Devontae Adams but I mean look his 11 top 24 weekly finishes last year actually ranked ahead of Devontae Adams. He had 11 finishes as a top 24 wide receiver. That was behind only Stephon Diggs, who had 12. So Tyreek Hill, more consistent than you think. Yeah, that surprised me. What about Tier 1? You've got Calvin Ridley, that makes sense. DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, and I always want to say Jordan Jefferson. Justin. I know, it's Justin. But I always want to say... It's because I think it's Jordan's older brother who was a quarterback. So you get that name in your head. Thank goodness, because I took Justin Jefferson high in our July best ball, which you guys can get into the August best ball. Um, I don't think any of these really surprised me. I mean, maybe maybe my question would be about – obviously, Ridley, I think, is self-evident. 
Yeah. And Jefferson year two after we did last year. I think Metcalf and Hopkins are interesting because now they got AJ Green there. And for Metcalf, you know, there's Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Well, Lockett's a guy who's inconsistent, and I'm sure we might talk about him later, but he's a guy who's a much better best ball player. But DK Metcalf's a really special player. Um, I, I just don't see how um things are going to go down like his game to game consistency was outstanding last year he saw five plus targets in 15 of 16 games and he scored double digit fantasy points in 12 of 16 games uh Tyler Lockett really his only competition for volume I think it's another 125 targets are on the docket for DK Metcalf these guys here in 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 tier one behind my elite tier I think you can make an argument for Calvin Ridley to go towards the elite tier, but the, the elite tier, those are guys I have graded as first round picks in fantasy. All of these guys I have graded as second round picks in fantasy. Um, there could be some overlap from tier to tier, but these guys I have graded as second round picks for fantasy. Man, let me tell you something. If I have a pick, I, I, I talked about this on the running back show. If I am in, in the position to pick, D, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey at the top of my draft, and I get one of these guys, man, do I feel like I'm cooking. I like, I, I just feel like that is a hell of a start. That's why I think the first pick – some years the first pick isn't as important as it is this year. Some years the number one and number two guys aren't clear cut. Sometimes the back end of the second round is a massive drop-off from the front end of the second round that makes drafting at the back end of, of the first round much more appealing. Not this year. I love the end of the second round. I love the top of the third round. I think picking early is a cheat code. Some of these rec- receivers are the reason why. Tier 2, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robinson, C.D. Lamb. Yeah. C.D. Uh, Lamb is tier two already, Joe. I hope I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid a little too much on C.D. Lamb. Um, uh, there, there, now, there are people who are higher on C.D. Lamb than I am, and I don't want to be behind the eight ball because I we, we have moved him above Amari Cooper in our projections. Cooper coming off the pup list is probably a good sign for his availability early in the season. So we'll talk about him. Uh, yeah, but C.D. Lamb making noise in camp. He was on an elite pace when Dak Prescott was uh, was the quarterback last year. Obviously, things cooled down for that entire Dallas offense when Dak Prescott went down. But CeeDee Lamb, who was running almost exclusively out of the slot, apparently they're going to be moving him around more. If I had CeeDee Lamb, I want him to play out of the slot more because that's where the good matchups are. Um, but when Dak Prescott was in there, uh, he had 37 targets behind only Amari Cooper's 52. He averaged 86.6 yards per game in Dak Prescott starts last year, that would have ranked third best behind Justin Jefferson and Odell Beckham for most all time by a rookie receiver. Um, and obviously his production went in the tank when Dak went down, but I think there's a lot to like about C.D. Lamb. And that's why I'm willing to buy early on C.D. Lamb as opposed to waiting for his true breakout. Unfortunately, Ross, that discount is gone. There are some people in best ball drafts drafting him as in he, as if he's in the same tier as DK Metcalf, AJ, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not there quite yet. Interesting. All right. Uh, tier three, you have in parentheses, pivotal tier, which I think is interesting. Why is tier three, which only has three guys, I'll read the names, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper. Why is this a pivotal tier? Because I 
I tend to draft now. Not this, not not in every draft is some one of these guys going to end up on my team. But I view them as such flexible players because if I open my draft with, um, if I open my draft running back, running back, let's just say I go Saquon Barkley and then Antonio Gibson, just for just for an example. Robert Woods in the third round or Amari Cooper in the third round is just huge for me. Somebody who I think I can count on for volume to produce as a wide receiver one, although you'd prefer this guy as your wide receiver two. But I, I just don't think that can happen. There is one difference here, though. Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is one of the single most undervalued assets in fantasy football right now he will occasionally slip into the fifth round I think that is huge because I think if Adam Thielen slips into the fifth round that gives you an elite wide receiver three if you're drafting receivers early it it, it's a cheat code if you draft a tight end early say maybe you grab Darren Waller in the second or George Kittle in the third and he ends up being your second receiver I think that is massive I have him in the same tier as these two guys but he is not being drafted like that I think Adam Thielen of all those guys in this here he is the most pivotal because i think he is the cheat code to unlocking multiple different roster builds okay now we get to tier four mike evans cooper cup deontay johnson dj moore so i guess i feel like i'm losing my mind a little bit joe Mm -hmm. like mike evans is tier four but yeah cd lamb's tier two and Woods, Thielen, and Cooper are tier three? This is a weird tier. Um, Mike Evans, actually, I was in the consideration for putting him in tier three. However, he's had some injury problems. And the thing about Tampa Bay last year is they didn't have a ton of consistency in terms of who was getting targets. And, you know, one of the things that that I'll, I'll just throw out there, just in case we don't get to it later, Antonio Brown was super productive last year, and, he bait, and, and like, he basically was playing like half the offensive snaps. I kind of feel like he's being super undervalued. Chris Godwin was a disappointment last year. It's just more of, I'm not sure what to do with Mike Evans, where, you know, if I look at, for instance, a guy like Allen Robinson, I know Allen Robinson is going to have a massive target share despite some quarterback questions. I'm not 100% certain Mike Evans gets that massive target share, even though he's Brady's deep threat and red zone guy. Otherwise, this is kind of a mishmash. There's like a Cooper Cup argument to be the number two receiver on his own team. He's the second guy I've listed here from from the Rams. Is he more of a low dot guy while Stafford might stretch the field to other guys? Valid question. You look at DJ Moore, and I'll – be quite frank, not a uh, not a guy I've drafted a ton of because I have huge questions about Sam Darnold. Deontay Johnson, I wonder, is he going to be a guy who's consistently going to have a low average depth of target? And if the Steelers run the ball more, is that going to be a problem for his fantasy production, even though he is my favorite of the Steelers wide receivers? At least in terms of straight out rankings, he's my favorite. But there's a guy we're going to talk about later who is my favorite Steeler receiver to actually draft at cost. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, Joe, what's the difference? I mean, obviously, it's expected points, it's ceiling and floor, but the difference between elite tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four, is there a way to describe the difference, or is it just their expected point total? It, it's, it, it's expected point total, it's role, it's consistency, it's age. Like, you look at Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs, my, my elite tier. Target share, massive. Floor, 
super high. Situation, incredible. We've seen that from all of those guys. Moving down, you have guys who have just a few more questions. Calvin, let's go to tier one, for example. Calvin Ridley, okay. He's going to have the massive target share, but what's the new offense going to look like? What are things going to look like? Even though the sample size is great without Julio Jones, we uh, or the, the stats in the small sample size without Julio Jones are great, there are some questions about the new offense. DK Metcalf has Tyler Lockett, with whom he's competing for targets, even though I think he's by far the top guy here. What's things going to look like for Hopkins? You know, Kyler Murray fed him targets last year, but Kyler Murray didn't take the full step forward that I thought he was going to in year two. Is he going to take that step in year three? And AJ Green is there. Um, so you have questions there. When it comes to Justin Jefferson, I already talked about how much I like Adam Thielen this year. So like you have to differentiate. Like there, There's going to be some guys who have everything lined up for them where they have no real competition, they have an incredible situation, and they have a proven track record. That's going to put a guy in elite tier. Got it. All right, so it's it's a combination of all these, yeah. but ultimately it's it's expected points, ceiling and floor. Yeah. Um, tier five, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk. Why do I when I say Ayuk, why do I think of Street Fighter, the video game? Uh, like Hadoken. Like Ayuken. Like, uh, Hadoken. That's Ryu. Uh, that's Ryu. Uh, Ryu, who kind of sounds like Ayuk, I guess. I, yeah, I was Ryu, more of a Mortal Ayuk. Kombat guy. Uh, That's why. A... Um, all right, Jamar Chase and Julio Jones, who I also took in our best mm-hmm. ball. By the way, Joe, um, these are the people I've hired for my best ball team. The people you should hire, they're all on LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And it's free. That's the key. Free is for me. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network. Over 750 million people, like twice as many people as there are in the entire country of the United States. Use simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash feast. That's linkedin.com slash feast to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn.com slash feast. Why would you not? Especially, I know a lot of people having trouble firing people to uh, or finding people to hire these days. All right, tier five. I read it off. Lockett, Ayuk, Chase, and Jones. Wow. I mean, I think it's yeah. interesting that you got Ayuk over Debo. And I also think it's interesting you've got, like, the youngest receiver in the league, Chase, and the oldest receiver in the league, Julio Jones, in the same tier. Yeah, so these are guys that have a, a lot of, like, consistency questions. I think if you can, you want to make an argument, Brandon Ayuk could be in a tier higher because I feel pretty damn good about him at San Francisco's X. Um, but when it comes, let's, let's just break down some of the other guys. Um, Tyler Lockett, this is a guy who had massive ceiling last year, but a very, very very low floor. That has been established over the last couple years. He's somebody who is much better in best ball. I mean, he has destroyed some lineups in season long where you plug him in there and you're like, oh my God, he got me two catches for 15 yards. The next week he catches 11 balls for 200. He he caught 
the single most inconsistent. Tyler Lockett caught 100 passes last year. But they were completely inconsistent. His his production was not near the level of DK Metcalf in terms of consistency. So, uh, I mean, Tyler Lockett catching 100 balls last year, I think that would surprise a lot of fantasy players because a lot of that production came in just a few games. Here's, here's some examples. Seven catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Nine catches for 100 yards and three touchdowns. 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns. 12 catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns. He caught 12 passes in week 17 to get 100 on the year, by the way. Nine catches for 67 yards and one touchdown. Those are the games in which he scored touchdowns. But you had games of two for 39, four for 33, four for 40, three for 23, four for 34, three for 44. Those are not usable fantasy games, but the other weeks were blow up. So I kind of feel like there's a blow up vibe here for Tyler Lockett that makes him more appealing in best ball. Julio Jones to me, far more appealing in best ball. He doesn't have to be the alpha dog anymore um, with AJ Brown there. The Titans have essentially said we're going to be conservative with him. Um, We know he's had injury problems. I could, I could see him being a guy who has a few blow up weeks and is a complete headache the rest of the way. And Jamar Chase being a rookie, he's my highest rated rookie here Um, with the up and downs for Joe Burrow and camp. I'm not really comfortable putting him any higher than this. Got it. Um, let's get to your next tier, Joe, and that is tier six, parentheses, another pivotal yep. tier. Only two guys, your smallest tier. Why do Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy have their own tier? Because I view these guys as complete and utter values at their current ADP. And we're going we're gonna to do an article, Ross, on fantasypoints.com. That's going to be kind of our values, players to targets, and league winners. And I view values and players to target as kind of a Venn diagram, you know, the Venn diagram, the circles and then where do they intersect and values are one players to targets. Another, if I look at a value, I say, man, this guy is a good bet to outproduce his ADP. Okay. Players to target is somebody who I'm comfortable taking at their ADP because I think they're fairly priced based on the fact that I think they can blow up or I think the market has read this player correctly or um, just somebody who I want on my team. Where they intersect is where I call league winners, where a guy who I think is underpriced and I think has league winning kind of upside, a player I want on my team. You know, if a guy's a value, Let's just throw an example out there, like Jamison Crowder, okay? Jamison, no, nobody's going to hate having a, a, the Jamison Crowder of years past on their fantasy team. But are you winning a fantasy championship because you have Jamison Crowder on there? He's always underpriced, but he's never really a guy who's going to carry you to a championship. That's a value. A target for me is somebody who I think in the right circumstance can carry me to a fantasy championship or can contribute to a fantasy championship, even if their ADP is correct. Let's say Derrick Henry. ADP of like fourth overall. He's not overpriced. He's not underpriced. He's just priced properly. That's a target for me. This tier, Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy. I want one of these two guys, if not both of them, on every team I draft this year. They are underpriced, and I think they have league-winning upside. So this is one of those ones where I feel like I can execute a strategy and still get a player like Judy or Claypool, the ADPs are rising a little bit, I've started to have to go into the fifth round to draft Jerry Judy where I'm completely willing to do so. In another way, uh, let's put this another way. The, uh, 
these guys I like so much this year, I'm willing to go above ADP to draft them. I'm willing to go get these guys as opposed to waiting for their ADPs because I think they're underpriced. But I also think even if their ADPs rose around, I'd be willing to pay that because I love what these guys can provide. Wow. Okay. I like that. Um, you are all in on Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy. And they're different players, by the way. I think Judy is probably going to be more of the volume type of guy. Um, Claypool could be DK Metcalf light, but it's just an example of guys who I think the market was low on, at least until maybe, hopefully, I mean, hopefully, maybe maybe we can mute out this podcast for the people in my leagues. But, uh, but I think they're different players, but I think it's somebody the markets have been low on who I am significantly higher on. Tier 7, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, and Devontae Smith, another rookie. This one for the Eagles. Yeah, I think Devontae Smith, um, I'm not worried at all. I am buying the ADP dip on Devontae Smith. Debo Samuel, it's just kind of an injury thing for him. And when it comes to T. Higgins, Ross, um, what's the competition for targets? I love Tyler Boyd at cost. Jamar Chase, I've already talked about him. I haven't drafted a ton of Chase at cost. Um, But Higgins is a guy who's kind of sandwiched in between there after a really impressive rookie season. Tier 8, my guy from Pennsylvania, Tyler Boyd. My guy from best ball fame a year ago, Robbie Anderson from our best balls. DJ Shark and Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is pretty low, Joe, for a guy that's getting wow. paid as much as he is. I uh, like I I'm an avoid on Kenny Galladay. Um the hamstring injuries are cop- propping up already. Um, we'll see what the Giants look like in the preseason, but early on in training camp, there were not very many good reports on Daniel Jones. This is a team, that in fra- in, in, frankly, the Giants is a team I've had trouble drafting. I, as somebody who is in on Saquon, especially thrilled that Saquon's off the pup list, that is a team I've had really a lot of struggles with drafting in the early going. I'm not sure what to do with them. Kenny Galladay is almost certainly a guy who's going to be off the board before I'm willing to take him. Meanwhile, Tyler Boyd is always a guy who it's surprised surprises me how long he lasts so you could see even within a tier there's going to be guys who you prefer and guys you don't but I mean there I guess there is a point where I would draft Kenny Galladay but it just seems to me he's always gone by that point meanwhile somebody like Tyler Boyd is going to be available at that point where maybe I would have considered Kenny Kenny Galladay what does it say about the Bengals I think they're the only team that you have that have three guys in your tiers yeah and it is uh it, it's precarious right now because there have been some you know tough reports about Joe Burrow Joe Burrow's been saying that mentally you know he's got to get back there you know I, I want to see if, if we see Joe Burrow during the preseason I want to see what these guys look like but in theory Cincinnati is loaded at skill position the questions of course are the quarterback and the offensive line and you know other than that Mrs. Lincoln <laughs> Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. Maybe more importantly, fantasy seasons here. There is no better website than fantasypoints.com. All you need to do is use the code 21FEAST and you'll get a discount code on the best fantasy content out there, period. And certainly the best value. I would be drafting fantasypoints.com well above their current ADP, aka their price. Check him out on social at FG underscore Dolan. That was awesome. We'll do quarterbacks or tight ends next week. Cannot wait. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 